Welcome to Western Sermon Podcast of the Week. We are so glad you joined us today. If you have been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westernroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, amen. I'm excited to give and to bring the Word of God this morning. Uh, I always count it a privilege to, to get to do this. I don't have to do it. I get to do this. And this is my humble uh, opportunity to always open the Word of God together and uh, see what God has to say to us in His Word. We're going to be speaking this morning on the subject of your God-given capacity. Capacity. Your God-given capacity. And uh, there were these two women who were, it was during a time of scarcity, not necessarily famine, but scarcity, and they didn't have much in this town. So the government decided to open up a soup kitchen. And uh, these, there were these two women, and they were actually neighbors. And so they both were leaving their house at the same time. And uh, one woman had this huge vessel that she wanted to fill up with food. Uh, I don't know if we assume it was soup because it was a soup kitchen, perhaps. But she had this huge vessel. And the second lady, though, as they walked out, she had a smaller jug. And uh, she looked at it and said, that's an awfully big vessel that you're bringing to get filled up. And uh, as she looked at that, she goes, uh, are you, do you actually think you're going to get that much? Uh, and she said, well, I'm not sure necessarily. I said, I'm hoping but what's the worst that can happen, right? It maybe will be filled to a quarter or maybe half. She goes, well, we'll see what happens. When they get to the soup kitchen, the woman with the smaller jug goes first. And hers was filled to the brim, and she was very happy. And, uh, you know, she's eagerly watching to see what the other lady, her neighbor, gets. And to her awe and surprise, her vessel, her big vessel was filled also to the brim. And you see, they each obtained according to their capacity. Or as the scriptures say, ask and you shall receive. And so there's this picture as we talk about capacity, right? Some of us, we might feel like we're a small jug. Others of us have a larger natural capacity and we're kind of like a bigger vessel. Here for just to set the stage properly, don't look to the left or the right in today's message because this has nothing to do with how big your neighbor's jug might be. This has to deal with your capacity, your God-given capacity. And you have to allow God to take your capacity and add to it His blessing to enlarge your capacity. And my prayer is that today through this message, um, you'll discover your God-given capacity. And here's the secret. It's oftentimes a lot bigger than you think you can handle. And if you don't think that way, well, I pray by the end of today, you'll start seeing it for what God sees it as. Um, when we talk about capacity, uh, there are some definitions. So I just want to walk through them. Uh, we're not going to, you know, pick one and stick, but just so that we kind of get our understanding, our bearings on this word. Capacity is the maximum amount that something can contain. So in our sanctuary, we can say, well, what's the capacity of this room? It used to be, I think, 325, somewhere around there before our reno last year. And now, if I remember the architect drawings and all of that, it's about 429 including about 13 spots for wheelchair and accessibility all around. And so we upped the capacity of this room by, what is it, over 100, if my estimations are correct. And so that's one definition, the maximum amount that something can contain. The second one is the amount that something can produce. So for example, I was surprised by her capacity for hard work. Right, so um, something that you can produce. Or if you have a phone, there's a capacity, right? A battery capacity or the storage capacity. Uh, but then there's also a third definition of capacity, which is a specified role or position. I served at the event two weeks ago 
in this capacity. I was waiting tables or I was cleaning washrooms. So those are some of the definitions that we can have. If you have your Bible, would you stand to your feet if you're able this morning? Turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. It's a familiar story if you were raised in church perhaps, uh, but we're possibly looking at it from a, a different perspective from that of the capacity that we find in this story. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. I hope you're ready because we're going to move. Are you ready? Amen. So Matthew 14, starting at verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, just stop for a second. What news? The verse right before that tells us that uh, John's disciples uh, came, John, John the Baptist, so it says, later John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what happened. So uh, John died. The disciples buried his body. And then they went to tell Jesus the news. So as soon as Jesus heard that news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Sometimes you just want to be alone. Amen. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples, who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men were fed that day, in addition to all of the women and children. What a miracle of not only provision, but in my opinion, where we're headed this morning, in the, the capacity of not only the food, but also the disciples and their ability to distribute what God had blessed and broke. So would you pray with me? Father, I thank you this morning for your word. God, I simply pray that it would come alive, not in our minds only, but Lord, especially in our hearts. God, I pray that uh, what we hear this morning out of my mouth would be your words for your people for this season we find ourselves in. Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand. And God, I thank you for the privilege we have to hear from you this morning. We ask you all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. As we get started in this story, I just want to go back to the word capacity for a second and, and talk about capacity in our lives. And I believe that there are two areas, or if you want to say two realms of capacity. The first one is physical or natural capacity, what you are able to do. But then there's the second capacity, which is the spiritual capacity that God puts on your life, which is supernatural. And you see this morning, it's not either or. It's not, well, I choose to leave my natural capacity aside and I opt only for the spiritual and supernatural. It's not either or. I want to submit to you that it's both and. We need both my natural capacity and the supernatural, the spiritual capacity, because that's what's going to take the mission further, faster. Can you say amen? And so capacity operates in these two realms. And in this story in Matthew 14, we see the outworking of that taking place. So in the natural, I just want to speak to this in our lives. You have the ability to expand your natural capacity. Um, like I said, we talked about the sanctuary from 325. We upped the capacity to 429. Um, when I think of my son, who's 14 months now, like he's eating all the foods that we are, which makes life a lot simpler when we're cooking meals. Um, but in the beginning, everyone was at a different stage 
um, you know, he was on milk. Abby was eating, you know, not, not necessarily all the meat that we were eating. So it was kind of like, you want cereal or you want this? Josiah is kind of more progressed. And then there's us adults saying, oh, I just want to eat a normal adult meal for once. And, and we understand that there is the capacity. I mean, their tummies are so small. Um, you know, it's like, I'll, I'll clean up at the end of the meal. I'll eat everyone's leftovers, right? Because my capacity has grown. But, I mean, Nathan, the, the amount of cereal I put, I'm like, how does he, is that even enough? But I'm thinking with my capacity, I have to understand his capacity is different, but he's going to grow. And one day, he, I'm sure, and Josiah are able to clean out the whole fridge. And Abigail, too. She's a great eater. But also at the gym, right? When, uh, when I started going to the gym, um, I mean, I can't do too much. I, I would try to put, like, I see the other guy, he's at 100 pounds. I, I would say, you know, I think I'm strong. I would try 100, and I, I couldn't even, I mean, I could push it, but, like, with a struggle, and that's not what I want people to see me as. So I put it to, to 40, and I said, okay, this is much more doable. Um, and I'm not boasting at all, because I know there are people in this room that you, you could outperform me in that capacity. Um, or if you use like those TheraBands, I have to use some of those now. Um, and there's like, there are different colors. This is what I learned this past week. And the instructor said, make sure that if this is your first time, which I didn't put my hand up, but it was my first time. She said, you should start at orange. Don't grab a green band. You won't be able to do the exercises. You'll force yourself. You'll, you'll get hurt in the process probably. They said, start with orange if it's your first time. But then there are people who are on the red band, which was like the medium right, resistance. And then there's the green, which is like for the experts, the pros, the fit people. I'm not there yet. Uh, but I learned that there is this natural ability that I have to move from orange to red and then finally to the green TheraBand that one day I hope to be at that level. So we have the ability to increase our natural capacity. There's also mental capacity, right? I give my, my, my kids a few instructions and they already are lost, right? But as you get older, you have the ability to remember more, to learn, to memorize, to retain. Uh, but so there's the expansion of our natural mental capacity as well. But you have the ability, not just for the natural capacity, but you have the ability to position yourself for God to expand your spiritual capacity as well. And this is an important thing. Remember, it's not either or. It's both and. I'm going to do everything that I have to do to increase my natural capacity. But then I have to position myself, my life, to be able to receive the supernatural capacity that I need in my life. It's spiritual. And so you can't begin to handle the bigger things that God has in your life, unless you learn how to handle the small stuff that comes your way today. And this is where our disciples find themselves in, in our text. So we know verse 15 of Matthew 14, it's a remote place and it's getting late. So now they're thinking in their human mind, with their limited capacity to understand the situation, they say, hey, Jesus, listen, we're in a remote place. It is getting late. Send the people away so that they can go and buy themselves some food. Not a bad suggestion, right? But Jesus had a different answer for them. They were, in other words, they were saying, hey, Jesus, this is what you need to do according to us. This is what you need to do. This is what you should do. And in verse 16, I love how Jesus answers because he said, Oh, that isn't necessary. You feed them. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's cool because we're reading a story about the disciples and we could laugh at them like we just did. But what if it was you? What if it was you? Uh, you wouldn't be laughing. You'd be like, yeah, excuse me? Jesus? Ser seriously? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? How were we supposed to feed them? But Jesus responds with something that is challenging not only their physical and natural capacity, 
I mean, there are a lot of people, right? 5,000 just counts the men, not counting the, the women and children in the story. So it's not only challenging the, their physical and natural capacity, but also their spiritual and supernatural capacity. Because if God is going to give us instruction, and He does, by the way, in His Word, through His Holy Spirit, every single day, if you yield your life to Him, He gives you guidance for life. The question is, are you willing to obey? Are you willing to, to say, okay, but how? And, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit will instruct us even on the how. But Jesus tells them, you do it. It's not necessary. You feed them. In verse 17, we see that they hit their natural capacity. Like this is, this is it. In verse 17, they respond to him by saying, But we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. So, I mean, if, if I could use my imagination, I've, I've prepared meals in the home for my kids. Like five loaves and two fish, if you're being kind of you know, sparing and careful, you could probably feed... You know, maybe 10 people, maybe if you cut the five loaves in half, cut the fish and kind of give everyone a little bit. This is our natural capacity thinking now, right? We try to make sense of what we have. But Jesus, it's not enough. It's, it's not enough. Like, what, what do we do with this? What do we do with it? So they hit their natural capacity, the, the limit. And oftentimes, when we define our capacity small jug, big vessel, when we define our capacity, what we are actually defining is our limitation. When we start to define our capacity, what we often conclude or come to understand and define is our limitation. I have the ability to run this far, right? It's always like where the end is. Where's the line? Where's the line? Um, you know, I can stay up this late. Because I know that after this time, I'm going to be a wreck tomorrow morning. I can have this many coffees because after this number, I, I feel the jitters starting to hit me, right? Like we often define our capacity, which is okay, small jug, big vessel. But what that often does is at the same time, it often leads us to know, okay, I'm limited. And these are the limitations. But when I begin to look at God and His capacity for my life, I, it's a completely different picture. So that's why it's not either or. It's both and. I need to know where I stop and where God picks up in my life. Can you say amen? Right? But it still requires your natural ability. For they took, they took account and they said, okay, this is what we have. And it feels like a limitation in this scenario. Like... Reality strikes, right? 5,000, just the men. Let's just assume that there are about 10,000 in total. A fair estimate, counting women and children. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? God, we need your supernatural ability in this. Because what we have is not enough. I'm not enough until you come. Right? It's intentional why we sing those songs in church. It's not just like, oh, it's a good song. It makes me feel good. Um, side, side note for worship. Um, you might not know all the songs. Um, you might have a different preference of style of song. But I just want to, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm just going to say it. Since when did worship become about what we like? Worship is not designed for us. Worship was always designed for Him. All the words on the screen do are they help us engage with God. Um, so if you don't like the song, write your own song to Him. Sing your own song. Sing a new song to God. Uh, side note, there's some, let, don't let the capacity of your worship be limited by the songs that are sung or by the, the words that are placed on the screen. Let your capacity to worship God be from here. And let nothing stop you. Trust me, this will take you further, faster in your walk with God. Because everywhere you can find a limitation. You can find a limit to your capacity. But here's the thing. We have to push through and see, okay, God, there's a, a greater way to worship. There's a better way. There's more in store. And my prayer is that even in our capacity to worship 
and to, to hunger for the word that we are able to move beyond where our limitation is and get to the place where God needs us to be. Can you say amen? So that was, that was for free. That wasn't in my notes, but I just felt, felt that very strongly come on me. And so they're recognizing their limitation. They take account. This is what we have. Five loaves and two fish. And we'll notice our limitation. But in verse 18, Jesus gives them the key. Jesus gives them the key to unlocking it. And this is what he says. Bring them here. And that's the key to unlocking your spiritual capacity. Take your whole life and you bring it before the Lord. You take your life and you bring it to Jesus. And this is the key. A lot of people like to show up to church. Maybe they do like the music. Maybe they do like seeing the people. But they miss Jesus in the process altogether. And one of the things, and I've said this quite a few times now, uh, but I, I'm praying, God, when people come, and, and maybe there are people today that are here, they're looking for Jesus, the Jesus that we're preaching about. I don't want them to come and just find us. That would be a, a tragedy. I want them to come and find Jesus. That's why we pray, Lord, use us. Work in us and through us that people don't see a band. They don't see a pastor. They don't just see a ushers, greeters. They don't just see kids, workers. What they're seeing is the hands and feet of Jesus. They come to find Jesus and they find him, not us. That's my prayer for our church. And Jesus, in verse 18, gives the key, not just to his disciples, but to all of us. You want to expand your spiritual capacity? Take your life and bring it to Him. Take your life and bring it to Him. And so He said, bring me the bread. Bring, me the, like, bring what you have here. And what does Jesus do? The Bible tells us He told the people to sit down on the grass so there was some structure and some order. I could just envision a bunch of hungry people, thousands of people. Imagine if you're just trying to shove and, and get some food because you heard that there was some food around, right? I've been in, in crowds, even at hockey games, where it was like, uh, back in the day, the Montreal Forum had stand-up seating, believe it or not. You paid $10, you would line up for about four hours before the game, and then they would like open the gate, and it was like a mad herd of people running. And I remember I was a young boy, my father said, Jonathan, you better stay close to me because this is going to get dangerous. And so he booked it, like he went really, and we got a great standing area around the red seats. It's just, what a crazy thought that you could pay standing room to, for a hockey game. Nowadays, that will never happen. And if you did, it wouldn't be $10. It would probably be 150 or something. But in the same way, there's order in the midst of this. And Jesus now says, give me this bread and fish that we have. Bring, bring them here. And what happens is the Bible tells us Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and this is very important for this morning, and blessed them. And then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. So we said you have the ability to expand your natural capacity, right? You, you know how to do that practically in life. But now we also want to expand our spiritual capacity, our, our supernatural to our natural. And when you give your life to Jesus and you offer him your life and you say, here I am, Lord, this is all I have to offer you. I'm not enough, but I know, I know that you're more than enough for me. This is what God does. Jesus in this story looked up to heaven. He blessed the food. And then he broke it. And I want to submit this application to us today that when you offer your life to Jesus and you say, take me as I am, it's not always going to be pretty. Sometimes, yes, God will bless your life, but he'll also break certain parts of your life. There's a blessing and a breaking that God sometimes has to do in us to produce the capacity that we need to serve him well. Can you say amen? 
Listen, my life wasn't easy. It hasn't been always easy. It's been blessed, but it always hasn't been easy. There are areas in my life I know God had to chisel away. That's the breaking, the chipping. It's like, ooh, that, that hurt a bit. It's like, ding, 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 right? A little chip off the block. Uh, those are areas in my life where God is still chiseling and working. But there is a blessing and a breaking. A breaking and a blessing. That when I get to that point, I, I also recognize, but God, this is, this is for my benefit. This is for my benefit. Because what happens when I submit myself to God in that way? Humble yourself under His mighty hand, and at the appropriate time, He will lift you up. Right? That's what His Word says. Now, when I, when I give my life in that way, in that context to God, the beauty of it is that I'm better because he always has my best interest at heart. This is who God is. And then secondly, it's no longer just my natural capacity that I'm able to operate in. But now I'm stepping into this realm of the supernatural. I'm natural. I'm a, I'm a human being. I'm just like everyone else. But guess what? When I offer God the natural, he puts the super to the natural. And, and I'm able to do supernatural things with his um, working through me and this is the beauty of it and this is the secret there's blessing and there's breaking there's this wonderful thing called pain um, I remember when I got a, a splinter in my finger as a boy like my dad didn't even he said get the needle and the first time I didn't really understand what was gonna happen um, and I remember him like disinfecting it through the match, like through the fire before. And I was like, ah, what's the, is it the fire or the needle? I don't know. I'm, I'm scared of both. Um, but when he didn't even touch the needle to my finger and I was screaming like ridiculously. Ah! Right? He's like, Jonathan, relax. It's just going to take one second. I find myself doing the exact same thing now to Josiah. It's the same thing. Scream, ah! Right? But... Today, like I, I broke this, actually I think, no, it was this finger. The same finger that I had the splinter on as a kid, like eight years later, when I broke it, I didn't even cry. It hurt, but my capacity for pain increased, right? So pain, as much as it's uncomfortable, pain, as much as we don't like it, we have, a, we've, you know, from kids to adults, there's also a capacity, a natural capacity to endure more and more pain. Not saying that that's the way we should go about life or inflicting more and more pain on others, but there is this capacity as well for pain. But I want to say this about that. Generally speaking, uh, we, we don't reach our capacity unless we're placed in demanding situations. Sometimes we need a challenging spot, a challenging situation to actually understand and reach capacity. T.S. Eliot wrote this, if you aren't in over your head, how do you know how tall you are? Right? It's a way of measuring life. And the truth is, people, you and I, we're a lot like rubber bands. There's a picture of an elastic I put there, uh, right there. Right? What good is a rubber band just sitting on my desk? For it to be useful, you got to stretch it, right? If you're going to wrap it around, you know, a bunch of envelopes, a mail, like you got to stretch the elastic band. I've learned this. It's hard still for me. Um, I don't have nice hands. But when I try to do Abby's ponytail, it's, it's a struggle. Sometimes it looks really good. Other times I'm like, I don't know what I was trying to do. But it's, it's all in the wrist, but also in the stretching of that, that hair elastic. But it's meant... To be stretched and the truth is we're a lot like the rubber band we're most useful sometimes when we're stretched like that demanding experiences are like lifting weights demanding experience after demanding experience and what happens it makes you stronger it makes you stronger it's not fun but the result is you are now stronger and these are the contexts of life that force us to work long hard and show grit in the, those pain points of life and you see the disciples were learning a lesson on this day that all they had to do was take what little they had whatever looked small in terms of their capacity 
and bring it to Jesus. Jesus took the small, he blessed it, and in the breaking, gave it to the disciples. And what happened? It became much. It fed 5,000 plus people in one encounter, in one moment. Did they think they had the capacity to feed the people? No. Jesus, their thought about it was, send them away. Send them away. There, there's like, let them go buy the food. Let them feed themselves. Jesus said, no, you feed them. I don't have the capacity, God. How, how, how do I do this? And Jesus said, bring them here. In the blessing and in the breaking, he put it back in their hands. Right? You give your life to Jesus. He gives it back to you. Not just what you gave him, but overflowing with more. And the Bible records at the end of this story that they had over 12 baskets full. Not just a little bit, overflowing. How big is the vessel that you have this morning? Because I believe it's more than enough for what God wants to do. But here's the key. You have to bring it to Jesus. You have to bring it to Jesus. And if you don't, all it will ever be is your limited capacity. You can do good with that limited capacity, but guess what? You will live knowing that this is my limit. This is all I can do. But when I put my life in Christ's hands, I know that He can use me way beyond I could ever think or imagine for myself. And so if you, church, and if I will learn to handle the small things in life, He'll enlarge our capacity for more. And I want to give you a few biblical examples this morning um, in speaking of this supernatural capacity. In Psalm 78, verses 70 to 72, the Bible says this concerning the life of David. He, God, chose His servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He was a shepherd boy. Verse 71, he took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. You see, think about the, the, the progression for David, tending sheep to leading God's chosen people, Israel. In my limited capacity, I don't know how to draw those lines together. What I do know is God does. And, and the Bible says about David that he was a man after God's own heart. So as he was tending to the small, the sheep, God was preparing him for the big. And if you remember, one of the first public things that he does is he defeats Goliath, where the Israelite army themselves are afraid to, to face. But David, who is faithful in the little... That was, we don't know the capacity because all we could see is the little. But when God gets a hold of his life, oh, he can do big things. And here's the secret for David. The Bible records, and I have the reference here if you want to look it up. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13. That after David was actually anointed by the prophet Samuel, the Bible records that the Holy Spirit came mightily upon his life from that day forward. So David did have a limit, but he had also the power of the Holy Spirit that came upon his life mightily. Remember, it's when you give your life to God that he gives it back to you way more than you thought you could ever handle. And so David needed the Spirit of God to lead, God, to lead God's people in a greater capacity. So he cared for them with the true heart and what that can mean as well is with the heart of integrity. So he loved God's people. He cared for them. But not only was it about his heart, it was also about his hands. It was, remember, it's not either or. It's both and. And so David led God's people not only with integrity of heart, but with skillful hands. So the skillful things, those are the things that you're able to acquire in life and learn and, and get good at and grow your capacity in those levels. Uh, honestly, I love learning technology. Like I deep dive. Sometimes I can't do it now. I used to stay up till like 2, 3 a.m. trying to figure out how do you set up a, a self-hosted WordPress website. 
I'm not, you can ask my wife. She would come out and she go, it's 3 a.m. Why are you still up? I was like, because I'm expanding my capacity to understand how to put a website on in the interworld, on the interwebs. And, and guess what? Now I help other people do the same. And I did it for our church. And now, like, I, I get it. Because I, I enlarged that part of my life. Those are skills. You can learn skills. But then there are the other things that are spiritual that you just need God to teach you and to impart and to, to release into your life. I can't give them to you. You can't buy them. They simply come when you submit your life to God. And you say, God, here I am. And sometimes, let me rephrase that. A lot of the time, we are way too busy for God. We are way too busy for that to happen. And we just kind of grow content with what we're able to do with our own limited capacity. And I want to submit to you, there's a better way to live. There's a better way to do life. It's yielding yourself to Him fully and saying, God, unless you come. And He's always willing. He's always willing. He's always got more. He has more. But we have to be willing to say, God, I yield. I yield, Lord, enlarge the capacity in my life. But that's David. It's not either or, it's both and. It's skill, it's hands, but it's also heart. It's also heart with integrity. He cared for the people. And in Acts chapter 4, um, this wasn't a part of my notes, but based on our study on Friday night with uh, our Connect night. By the way, if you haven't made it out on a Friday night, uh, we were off to a great start in the fall season. Um, where our classrooms are at capacity. Um, it's a good problem to have, uh, but like at 20 young adults in this room, Nunzio's class with the adults are, are hitting that mark where it's like, pretty soon we're going to have to figure out what do we do? Because <laughs> uh, these classrooms are almost at capacity. Our youth are meeting in the biggest area, in the cafe, and then the kids' club is downstairs. If you have yet to come out, I encourage you, to connect on Friday nights uh, with one another. We meet at 7.30. It's not a plug. Um, this is a part of what God does in the life of His church here at Weston. Uh, but in Acts chapter 4, we actually uh, studied it Friday, but there's the persecution. The first recorded persecution of the church is found in Acts chapter 4. And Peter and John, they were actually... Um, commanded because there was a healing that took place outside of the temple they got reprimanded for it they said this is not a good thing and we're not going to get into why this morning but basically before the council in jerusalem they were commanded to never speak or teach in the name of jesus ever again this is what they were commanded by the council um they didn't take that advice thankfully they said who do you think we should obey you or God and so they they went back and there's the assembly of all the believers and in Acts chapter 4 verse 29 to 31 this is what it says they, they, they had a prayer meeting because they felt the persecution like what are we gonna do now we've been given the power of the Holy Spirit we have to preach with boldness this good news of Jesus and so this is the prayer that's recorded in the midst of persecution and now O Lord hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And listen to the result of that. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. This is the whole purpose of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It is to be a bold witness for Christ. Look at the prayer that we just read through. Nowhere in there. Do you hear them say, God, deliver us from these evil people who are, save us from this trial. Help us to never see these people again. I didn't read that. Did you read it? No. And I didn't change the words there, straight out of the Bible. What they pray is for the exact opposite of what the natural capacity wants to do. I'll say, God, we tried, we did it. 
uh, this is it. I draw the line. We've reached the capacity of our ministry. We have boldness, but we were told to stop. So uh, they, don't, they don't approach it that way. You know what they say? God, give us more boldness. Give us more boldness. And in so doing, it says that the place where they were shook and they were all filled. This is a second time now. It happened in Acts chapter 2. And now we see it again here in Acts chapter 4. The place where they were shook, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a fresh filling. And then it says right after that, verse 31, Then they preached the word of God with boldness. That was the purpose of the Spirit, was to give them more boldness, to preach the word. Listen, in our own capacity, we will find the limit. But we we're not called to stop there. We're called to tap into the spiritual capacity that God has for each one of us, for our lives, not for our benefit, not that we are, hey, check this out, look at this, look what I could do now, before I couldn't, but now. It's like, you're, like Popeye after he ate spinach, right? That's not the point. It's that Jesus can be seen in your life and through your life, that you will be bold witness for Him, not for your sake, not for your benefit, for Him. They didn't pray to be delivered from the trial or the persecution. They prayed for the boldness, right? It's in the pressing that the oil comes out. It's in the pressing that you get the olive oil. I, the, the olives are squeezed and pressed. Life is like that. The diamonds, right? It's in the pressing of the rock that those diamonds are formed. So when life gets hard, don't run. Don't even think that this is the line and this is it. I, I encourage you to, with fresh perspective after today, to look at it and say, okay, God, this is an opportunity for me to see that you're actually maybe allowing me these experiences. I'm growing stronger through the blessing and the breaking, but I know what's waiting for me on the other side is more. That's the more that you have for my life. And the result is always going to be a God result not a human result. And God can enlarge your capacity beyond what you feel capable of. That's the encouragement I find this morning. That when I think I'm at my limit, I know God always has more. He has more to carry me through, but He has more to release for me as well that I can, I can, I can do as well. And so for our church, I just want to share a few things that I see God leading us in a similar way in terms of uh, where we feel like we've kind of hit our capacity, but I feel like um, God wants to enlarge a few things very practically. Um, our, one of our kids' classes, in particular Arctic Chill, I was having a conversation um, this past week where they're saying, Pastor, uh, it's not a problem, it's a good challenge that we have. And they said, we're at capacity. They said, we're at capacity and we actually need another class now. And right, we know how many rooms are available, we know the space, and, and we know also how many volunteers we currently have in the ministry, uh, for the kids' ministry, for this particular thing. And, and we're just looking at it going, is this the line? Is this our capacity? How do we move beyond this? And so I don't call it a problem, I call them good challenges. Because this means that we're growing. We have more kids coming out. And this is a healthy sign, not something that we're afraid of. And we're like, no, 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 please don't come. Please, you know, please. No, this is a good thing that we're experiencing as a church. Um, and, and it's a taste, truly, of what I believe is, is coming in our future. What do you mean? This is just the tip of the iceberg. When, I, when one of our students, uh, not students, but servant leaders tells me, Pastor John, we're at that like that place now where we have to do something uh, that we haven't done before. We need two classrooms uh, to split up this class. I've never had to deal with that at Weston yet. Um, so this is a good thing. And, and we're going to navigate this. But it also means that we also need more workers as well. And um, I actually asked for, for a number. Because I, I know if we just say, and you're like, okay, that's awesome. There are a bunch of people here. Someone's going to help. Um, so I asked, how many workers specifically do we need to get this next class started? Because the need is now. It's not for, oh, in a year from now we're, we'll be ready. And they told me we need five kids ministry workers 
new kids ministry workers to make this a reality. Now, let me just walk us through the scenario for a second. Again, limited capacity to think and understand. If we don't do it, this is what happens. We have one class, a, a, families come, the class reaches capacity, but families are still showing up and we have to say, sorry, you have to bring your kids into the sanctuary, we've reached capacity. <laughs> and, and that's not what we wanna do. That's probably the easiest thing to do, but that's not what we want to do. What we want to do is create the space in, for capacity to have more children coming. If we are saying we want to see this place filled to capacity, and not just capacity, but the overflow, guess what? These are the types of things that are going to start happening. And so I'm just putting the call out there that there are probably people here that you could be one of the five. And, and it's not just that ministry. It, there are so many ministries and areas that, that we need help in as a church. We're not struggling. We're getting by. The work of ministry is being done. Um, but again, I'm anticipating these good challenges are going to keep reoccurring. And here's the reality. We currently have people, we're doing a volunteer brunch, so I'm looking through how people serve at church. Um, and some of our people who serve are involved in two and three and some even in four ministries. That's a lot. And I'm not here, you know, with anyone specific in mind, but there might be people here, while some are involved in three and four ministries, some might not even be involved at all. So there's opportunity. And you might feel like, oh, I can't do more. Like I've, I've reached my capacity. I would simply say, would you ask God to enlarge your capacity to serve in the house of God? Uh, listen, as you would pour out, uh, it takes work. It takes an investment of time, of resource, sometimes sweat equity as well. But here's what I've learned in ministry and in serving Christ um, is that when you step out to be a blessing to others, you become also an incredible recipient of God's blessing. As you serve, as you pour out, you are blessed in return and you're making a difference in not only the lives of young people, but in, in the lives of people as a church. And so I'm just putting it out there. You might say, okay, I'm interested. How do I get involved? Head to guest services. There's a, a ministry application form. Fill it out and, uh, and we'll start the process with you. Um, listen, I know you might, like you probably prefer an altar call as a time of response after a message like this. Let's just pray at the altar. It's a lot easier right, to receive and then to walk out. Um, but when we call ourselves the church, um, the picture you have in your head might be different than what the Word of God speaks. Um, to me, I see it as we're active participants in the life of this family and this expression of faith. And we're called to make a difference. Uh, we're not just called to show up and, and to just receive. There's a time and a place but then we're also called to pour out. And many are doing it. I'm just saying that if, if there are some of you that aren't, um, I just encourage you to um, just say, God, how would you want me to respond? And allow the Holy Spirit to do the work on you. I'm not, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I can't twist or force anyone, nor will I ever attempt to. But I'll give everyone an opportunity, an equal opportunity. Can you say amen? amen. Would you stand to your feet this morning? What I'm asking for our church in general now, not in specific, I'm asking God to give us a greater capacity to serve Him in the context of our church. A greater capacity. I'm believing that there's so much more that God has for us. And, and this example of the classroom, it's not just an example. This is a real situation that we're going to have to resolve soon. And I'm asking God... Show me beyond what we see now. Because I'm believing that as we continue faithfully to do the work that God has called us to do, these are good challenges and they're going to begin to happen in many other areas of ministry in the life of our church. Um, like we might have to build an addition, who knows, to the building. Because if we run out of classrooms and space, we're going to need to create it. Um, but I want you to know that's okay. It doesn't scare me. We just say, okay, God, we're going to give you what we have, and we're going to allow you to lead us and show us what we have to do. Um, this morning, 
the response to the message is going to be, be very practical and very simple. Number one, we're going to ask God to enlarge the capacity in our lives from, from the spiritual. Yes, we can work on the natural and physical capacities that we have, the skill, but I want us to ask Him in this moment for the things that are in His hands. To do that, we have to offer ourselves to God. And then secondly, for our church, because there are needs, there are real needs, and the practical response you might have is, Lord, I feel like I could be one of the five at least for the immediate need in the kids' ministry to get that second class started, which is a new thing for us to explore. Um, maybe you need to go to guest services and fill that out. But I'll let the Holy Spirit lead as He does best. Would you join me as we pray today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I'm encouraged because I feel like I'm the, like the disciples a lot of the times. I just see what we have. But Father, I thank you that when we place it in your hands, Lord, you give it back to us, blessed, broken, and multiplied. Father, today I pray that as we leave this place, Lord, we would simply begin to ask you to increase our capacity for all of the spiritual things that you would want us to have. Lord, I even pray that you would increase our capacity to love even the unlovely, God. I pray you would increase our capacity of faith. Lord, increase our capacity of expectation that, Lord, you can do the impossible. And Father, I, I thank you that all we need to do is surrender and yield our lives to you. So, Lord, as you would uh, survey the hearts of your people, even now in this room, Lord, maybe those who will listen in the future on the podcast, Lord, I pray simply that, um, Lord, you would take our humble offering as we give you ourselves, though we might not think it's much. Lord, we place it in your hands, and we simply say, God... Would you do what only you can do with it? Lord, would you multiply it? Lord, if there are areas in our lives that you need to chisel and break off, Lord, in the blessing and in the breaking, and in the breaking and in the blessing, God, you are making us to be the vessels you want us to be. And so, Father, I pray that um, you would fill us up till it overflows, God, till there's no room to contain so that it will spread and it'll go out and touch everyone we encounter. Lord, I pray for the very real need of our classrooms. Lord, even in the future, the other ministries that are going to need, Lord, more workers. God, I pray that you would put it on the hearts of your people, Lord, who have a passion for the young people, Lord, who have a passion for children's ministry, for worship, uh, Lord, for social media, for whatever it might be. God, even the ministries that we don't even have yet, that you will call us to, to start. God, I pray that you would increase our capacity, that, Lord, as a church, we will stretch as far as we can with the gospel message as your spirit enables us. So, Father, we thank you. I pray a blessing upon your people as we go from this place. And, God, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of your Holy Spirit accompany us on our way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed week. Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life and we want to hear it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope listening to this week's sermon has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.